By the time you hear this podcast, you'll learn not to shoot until you see the whites. Of their eyes? Whose eyes? That'll give you an idea of what our episode is about tonight. And you can see me jack you in a valley sometime soon. Uh, <laughs> all right. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Cot. By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Neb. <laughs> I'm Ben. <laughs> and we're back with episode 31. And. Uh, I'm going to turn this off because we are we are recording already. And yeah, we still have sound. So right. no feedback. Um, we do have a guest in our studio. Uh, yes, this is our studio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Tim returning as a guest. Welcome, Tim. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Woo, so um, <laughs> since our last episode... Uh, where we talked about uh, Bond themes. Um, anything specific going in in your life? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, just I'm, like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm just writing, so like naturally, nothing's gotten done and nothing's gotten published. So I wanted to ask you about this, and you know, not to put any pressure on you or anything. Okay, but um, I know a long, long time ago. You were writing a musical uh, that was supposed to be a combination of Homer's The Odyssey mm -hmm. with the music of Journey. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's all true. Everything that you heard was true. And I know like a while ago, you I, I don't know if you posted something on Facebook about it and... Or or maybe maybe you were like trying to think of like a title for it, and I think the title I gave you was Walk <laughs> or something, <laughs> or really, or really uh, something uh, odd so, like so, that. So the, the, if if I could have a moment to to talk about the the journey of sure. <laughs> so uh, back in college, we were drunk in a sports bar because it was the only bar that we could really find at the moment. Mm -hmm. I think it was after trivia, and uh, we were talking about musicals and jukebox musicals and. Uh, decide, uh, decided that we would write one that seems so easy because 
all the half the work's done for you. How hard could it be? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we were joking about, you know, what we would do. And and I said Journey. And uh, we were trying to think of what to name it. And uh, so we were like, oh, we just name it Don't Stop Believing. You would name it any way you want it. You'd name it, you know, Open Arms, any number of things. And then Greg suggested that you should name it just like another word for journey. So you'd name it like walk or sojourn <laughs> or trip or holiday. And uh, I said Odyssey. And then I went, oh, it would be the story of the Odyssey using the music of journey. And that was about 10 years ago. And I fin- no, I finished it. Finally, and uh, it took, there was a lot of starting and stopping, and uh, so yeah, I have have a copy of that script. Nice. And it is, when the first draft was like 115 pages long, and that's, 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 that's big for for a stage play, and I kept telling myself, well, it is the Odyssey, so it's supposed to be a really long story. And then I cut it down to, I think, 90 pages. And it is sitting on a just a nice little computer file on my on my computer, because that's where computer files go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't, I've sent it to a couple of people. I've never heard anything, probably because it's a royalties nightmare. Um, I've approached the Journey people, and uh, they politely declined. They said that they weren't interested, probably because I was just some schmuck mailing them a script from uh, from Georgia. So, but to answer your question, yes. <laughs> and the answer was the answer to it was Jernacy. The name, the name of it. To <laughs> actually answer your question, it's called Jernacy. Jernacy. Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah. That was my white whale. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh... Uh, what else? What do we do at this point? We talk okay, about yeah. music news. And before we do that, uh, we'll let you know what uh, where you can find us. If this is the first time listening to us, uh, you can find us in several different ways. Uh, well, hopefully, you know, you can go to our website mm-hmm. by the time you hear this dot com mm-hmm. where we post episodes and links to the articles that we discuss. Mm-hmm. We also are on Facebook, Facebook dot com slash by the time you hear this. We're on Instagram at by the time you hear this spell with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes. 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 <laughs> and that is the same spelling also for our email address by the time you hear this at gmail.com where you can share with us. Um, if you're, you know, an independent artist and you want to get your music played somewhere, um, you send your music to us, show ideas, uh, comments, whatever. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> And uh, to listen to our podcast, we are also, uh, you can find us on Podomatic, iTunes, um, CastBox, mm-hmm. TuneIn Tune Radio, Satchel Podcast Player. You say Google Play? Are we on there? And Google Play. Yeah. The Google Play Store. So, uh, no excuses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, we'll get into some music news. Um, Ed Sheeran is just dominating. Yeah. And it's yeah, I'm I'm is, sure he's got, you know, the help of Spotify. Um, but yeah, he's everywhere, man. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say. I mean, at this point I don't even know what else to say. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Divide, what well, not about Divide, but what's the name Shape of You? I'm not a huge fan of that. The rest of the album's not too bad. Um, it's one of those albums I don't want to like, but it, it I'm starting to like it, but um 
I don't know, man. Like in this day and age, is this what Spotify can do for you now? Like is Spotify the new um MTV? Is it the new you know, the new avenue that that's this is all you need is get your album on YouTube, let us promote you, and you'll sell tons of records. Well yeah, I mean there's no MTV to I mean you don't go to MTV to get your not anymore your video promoted. <laughs> no. Do they even play videos anymore? Uh which is a question I feel like I've been asking for like ten years. I or don't more. know. I mean <laughs> I think they get I think they get mad when you ask them that. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what I've heard. I mean the answer is <laughs> I mean MTV uh, doesn't talk to me anymore, so I don't know. <laughs> they are the answer is consistently no. Yeah. No, and I think the, the last time I heard it, I was like, no, we don't play music videos. We haven't in years, and shut up. Mm. <laughs> the closest that you can get to like promoting your music on MTV is uh, like on an episode of Catfish. and <laughs> on a, in a, a, Is that still a thing? Yeah, they have, they have, they're doing a new season right now. The last episode came out last night. I haven't seen it yet. Um, <laughs> yet. 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 Oh, my yet. goodness. I've DVR'd it. <laughs> but every, uh, well, on every episode, whenever they play a song, they have like a little like blurb at the bottom of the screen. Like a music video? <laughs> Not exactly. Because you're watching the show, but yeah. you just see like this band and this song. Yeah, like the title. MTV.com. Yeah, like the like title they, of a music video. Like they left their Pandora One app up? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Pretty soon, that's what kids are going to think music videos are like. Oh, yeah, I saw one during Catfish. It showed me who the artist and the album and everything. It's like, no, kid. No, stop. Oh, that's sad. But, uh, yeah, he's dominating. Uh, number one song. Shape of You, number one album, Divide. And he's the number one artist on the Artist 100, which I had never seen yeah, before today. We just discovered <laughs> yeah, we just discovered it. The what? top 100 artists in music right now. Yeah. But what But what is that? But why? I don't know. It's like a power ranking. If you have the song on the album, like, isn't it like by default? I feel like it's a power well, ranking mean, of sorts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But with having the number one song and album, he's going to be number one on the... Like he won't be like number two on the, yeah, on the artist. On he's probably number one in adult contemporary I mean, and number one <laughs> in hot British charts. I, I don't know. It's, he's he's everywhere. Number one on the redhead charts. Number yeah. one on the soulful white. Like, that still charts. gets me. He's oh yeah because he's the, he, most, he's the influential most influential artist, artist on black music. Yeah. I don't know where we read that. Wait, wait, hold on. Yes. Yeah, we read what that. What does that mean? I don't know. We'd I have to, on the air with more questions than I had before. We'd have to find the person that wrote it and ask, like, what do you mean? Like, well, he raps on the first song of his album. To whom it may concern. And? What is this? <laughs> Sincerely, by the time you hear this podcast. Yeah. Just, it was very odd. Yeah. So I, I don't get it. I mean, I mean, he did a remix with Rick Ross once. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But- He's had songs for, uh, produced by Pharrell. Yeah, Pharrell did do, but see, come on, man, it, it takes more than that. <laughs> it takes more. I think. I think some, I, and I blame VH1 for this. We became obsessed with listing these things. Like we don't, yeah. we didn't have to have mm, all yeah. of these lists. Yeah. And then they started making lists. Hundred greatest song. They had a show. They had a show. Yeah, where a show you called the, the list, list, where right, it was where four you, people. They list their top yeah. three, whatever. Really? Right? Yeah. It was like your top three uh, uh, road trip songs or your top three breakup songs. Hmm. I know they're like the one episode that's like they had an episode that was top three boy bands. Right. And number one was the Beatles. Um, that is technically true. I but, think number two was the Jackson Five. 
that's a little bit true. more true. That's a little bit more right. <laughs> well, I mean, but when you think boy band, you think like NSYNC or, or Backstreet mm-hmm. Boys. So, but that, uh, that's why I have to throw in the technically. But that's but this is my point. See, they mm-hmm. make these lists. They start tearing us apart. We start fighting each other. Well, like um, I will. That's probably something we could explore in an episode one day. I'm yeah. always thinking of random topics, but yeah, sure. I know the first one I saw. It was the first one they made, the hundred greatest artists of rock and roll. But this right. came out in like ninety eight. Yeah, right. Well, um, they they did one that was the the hundred greatest rock and roll songs, and number one was uh, "Can't Get No, no satisfaction. satisfaction." Yeah, and I'm still mad about that. <laughs> the number one uh, artist was the Beatles. Of course, uh, John Lennon was number like fifteen, and Paul sure. McCartney was like number forty. That that that's mm. I guess I mean that's that's the other thing about it is like I I can't really argue that but what if you're a guy that like grew up listening to the Wings and you never didn't hear Double Fantasy until mm-hmm. you were like 25 like you're gonna you're gonna make that assumption. <laughs> I remember a lack of psychedelic artists, but on now VH1 is reduced to uh, love and hip hop. Um, <laughs> Yeah, is there anything else that comes on there? It's a Viacom cha- station, so I don't get it anymore. But because <laughs> um, Viacom is fighting, I know the they world. have Love and Hip Hop. They have the Black Ink Crew, which is about a tattoo shop, uh, mm. and they have the First Family of Hip Hop. This is all like Mona. What's her name? Mona Scott Young. She's producing all of these shows. Probably making bank. Yeah, I, I hope someone's <laughs> getting rich off of all of this. Uh, and there's a, they do have a, a, a new series called the breaks. Uh, it was a TV movie that came out last year, but they break made dancing? a TV show. It's about, um, I, cause like I think I've heard of in it. the early nineties. Okay. I think I've heard of that. I think it's, it's about, yeah, it's about that. Um, so has it become yeah. BET too? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it would, all the stuff that BET probably would want to show but they feel like they're above it yeah because now BET <laughs> showing like actual like scripted dramas and everything that you would think BET would show and the reason Huey Freeman went on a hunger strike is now on VH1 and so that's kind of that boggles my mind <laughs> like and I know you all know the episode the elimination of black people like the, like that woman was hilarious like like this is all the programming she fought for <laughs> For the elimination of black people. <laughs> I love that voice. <laughs> oh, man. If, if Listeners, if you don't know that episode. Because it, it was a band episode, wasn't it? But they didn't no. show that in the original run, did they? Or did they? They did. The Huey Freeman Hunger Strike. Okay. It's a good episode. It's one of my favorites. Um, so, yeah, we, I don't know how we could tie that to our podcast, but I feel like we should... Uh, bring up the boondock somehow as well. Yeah. Um, for uh, the film buffs out there, uh, I feel like there's somebody when you talk about like like, like the greatest directors of all time, mm-hmm. someone's gonna say, "Oh, Scorsese or Spielberg," um, and then someone's gonna bring up Terrence Malick. Yeah, <laughs> those, those are cult members, and, I'm, and, I, and I, I'm, I only have kid. Like I know uh, several people that that's their first go to director. They are like aggressive, like uncomfortably aggressive in their defense of Terrence Malick as being the greatest director. Really, now so under so misunderstood in its composition and <laughs> stories and this and that. And I haven't seen one. Uh, well, like I said before, I start recording. I've only seen pieces of the Badlands, 
Um, and that's it. I haven't watched the Thin Red Line. Even he directed I, that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. And he did The Tree of Life, which came out a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, it had Brad Pitt. I don't know if he was an abusive father or he was just like the strong, silent type father who no. only teaches by example or whatever. Um, so he has a new movie called Song to Song, which is set against the music scene in Austin, Texas, where Ryan Gosling... Walks around with a Casio keyboard singing Bob Barley, just trying to make it. Hold on, like a Casio, like a 32-key keyboard, or has he got a full 88 keys? I think in, in the clip that I saw, I think it's like the, it's a it's a small one, so uh, I don't think it's, I think, so that would be the 32? I, I, yeah. would, I would be very impressed, and it's not to say that it hasn't been done, but I'd be very impressed for anyone just to carry around 88 keys all I day. tried. I tried. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> Thing well, is heavy. If you're Ryan Gosling, <laughs> you have an easier time. Ah oh, man, I bet it's not even weighted. Okay, that's me being a snob. Um, that's me being a snob. <laughs> no, no, wait, weighted keys are necessary. That's... Yes, I think it's one of those keyboards. Uh, you've seen, um, you've seen Hustle and Flow. Yes. Remember the keyboard Boardy. that he got? He was carrying around the brown paper bag. Yeah, yeah I think it's one of those. No. <laughs> How are you gonna write on that? From the heart. From the heart. I... <laughs> That's where you write from. Uh, Chainsmokers he, don't write on that, man. <laughs> so he plays a um he plays a songwriter and also has Rooney Mara, Michael Fassbender, uh, and Fassbender. or Fassbender. <laughs> th- that guy. No no one knows for sure. Foss, is he he's that's Magneto, right? Yes. Okay, let's make sure that Eric. And uh, <laughs> and it has uh, Natalie Portman, and they're all who doing whatever. Thor. Is who Thor? Oh, she did the character of Jane Pittman. Okay, I thought you meant. I thought I was like they got together in real life. Like yeah. that's so. Oh cool. no, no, he's 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 married, and he has he has like three kids. Shut up, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Huh. No, he was he was squeezing them out like pop it pop pop pop. Yeah. But in the in the movie, they were about to release another Thor movie, and they're right. trying desperately for the last several years to explain why they couldn't afford to put Natalie Portman in the movie. Mm. And now they've said, well, they just broke up. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering why she wasn't in Dark. Well, no, she was in Dark World, but she hasn't yes. shown up since. They correct. couldn't afford her. That's what they, that they was. So I'm going to assume that <laughs> she's not in Ragnarok. Mm. It's she's only ratcheted up the value. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I think they're trying to get her at a uh, closer prices, or even uh, the professional prices. Oh, God, <laughs> she was twelve, right? No, I think that they're trying to get her at the uh, her character in closer prices. She mm. was a stripper. Nice. Mm. That's not gonna happen. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. I might go watch uh, that now. <laughs> 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 um, so that film premiered at the South by Southwest Festival. So, in Austin, yeah, wow, synergy. That's very meta. Like that's very. It's like a hand holding itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you guys can look out for that. Um, have you had like for me? I said I have a I have a fear of music festivals. Have you had any desire to go to like one of those kind of festivals, like South by Southwest or Coachella or? Burning Man. Coachella and Burning Man, I have a strong desire to never, ever go. Mm. And it's because, like, I my, the last music festival I went to, I went to Music Midtown a couple of years ago, 
which was great, except for everybody else. So if I can't <laughs> handle music in town, which is nowhere near on the same level as Coachella and uh, Burning Man, then I, I'm I'm not going to be emotional ever be emotionally equipped to deal with that. I might like South by Southwest looks like fun, but I, I just camping out with a bunch of entitled hippies. I, yeah, I can't do that. Can't do it, Greg. Look, I, no I, shame. No shame. Okay, cool. <laughs> no shame. Before no. before it was, I guess it's uh, it's been shut down or whatever. I think the the company that ran it went bankrupt. I almost went to Tomorrow World. Oh and yeah, I definitely they took the money. And, yeah, they took the money and they ran <laughs> and they left everyone in <laughs> the cold and wet. Oh, yeah. Uh, it just the the logistics of it, the horror stories. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was. I remember reading um, uh, the guy that organizes Music Midtown gave an interview talking about Music Midtown, and he was talking about specifically why he wasn't worried about like shaky knees and uh, Tomorrow World was Tomorrow World. Tomorrow World, yeah, it was like going on at the same time, and he was like, "Look, I've been doing this for a long time. They're making uh, both of these venues, both of these festivals are making a lot of rookie mistakes, and it's gonna." kill them and then sure enough a couple of weeks later um tomorrowland went out tomorrowland or world well went to disney in california thank you yeah uh, that, that's where i'm getting that from <laughs> but they were like sure enough it, it it went under and you know shaky knees is fine i guess but that's because they try not to have, have two yeah shaky, shaky knees and shaky beats yeah mm-hmm. which there's shaky boots too but Okay. See. Yeah. See, what, how many? No. How many shaky things? I don't do you know. Need? Shaky boots is all country, though. I know that much. No, I'm not, I'm not going there. Yeah. <laughs> That's an invitation for disaster. Uh, so where are the um, boots shaking? Where are the knees shaking? I understand the beats being shaking. I had a really bad joke there. Good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, what else we got here? Okay. Uh, in the first release of the federal budget, um, there is a call to eliminate the National Endowments for the Arts and the National Endowment for the Humanities. Uh, of course, we're just going to say, well, Trump wants to cut these. Um, not really anyone else's idea, mm-hmm. even though it probably is, but yeah. he's the president, mm-hmm. so it's his idea. <laughs> yeah. He gets credit. He gets he gets. He gets a lot of blame mm-hmm. because that's what happens when you become president. Yeah, yep. or at least it should happen. Yeah. Now, do you think someone on the TV told him that he should? If not, it? someone from Breitbart. Yeah, someone. He didn't come up with this on his own. There's no way because I don't believe he has ever had an original thought. <laughs> so someone, someone said this would be a good idea or this would be a popular thing. Either he's serious about it that he wants to uh, shockingly eliminate. What is it like 140? The, the I think the NEA budget's only ever like 140 to 170 million dollars, depending on who's president. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a drop in the bucket for what we spend federally on the federal level. Yeah. So either he's serious that he actually thinks this is going to help, which is idiotic, or he's just saying that he wants to do it, so he looks all super nice and benevolent when he puts it back in. Hmm. Either way, he's a dick. 
and and the 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 whole budget doesn't make any sense. None of it makes any sense. Yeah, um, and just among other things, this is. I think, in a way, we're living in a. Everyone's like trying to live in their, uh, either their own reality or just trying to alter to make themselves feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is, like. Uh, if you were going to, uh, like the like with Trump, he 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 watches television and he'll like tweet about it, or uh, tweet about something that he saw, and the information may be wrong, or maybe we try to get through this with humor or with with um, with just being. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I have no idea what word I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, but just trying to find a something to um, make it seem like this is everything that's being done is like the right idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna be paying for the wall. Uh, yeah. Mexico is is not. Duh. <laughs> uh, no and way. What was, what was funny about that, and we're spending more money on the military. Uh, I yeah. feel unnecessarily. <laughs> well, and they were talking about oh, we'll just we'll just put a twenty percent tariff on all the goods that we import from Mexico, which is which doesn't help because we pay the tariff. Like mm-hmm. once the goods are, they rate the Mexico companies raise the prices to pay for the tariff, and then the, the that is passed on to us. So we're paying more for avocados and tomatoes and there's we don't have to because we don't need a wall it's unnecessary and it's not Mm. like people can't get over it Mm. and um it's not like there are like no planes yeah (laughs) there are there are a lot of planes (laughs) don't tell them that that'll blow his mind that'll just that'll don't even tell them that there are ladders like That I mean, that's gonna that's gonna kill it right there. Like, there was someone that said something about like if you build a thirty foot wall, you're only gonna sell out of thirty one foot ladders. Like, that's <laughs> that's what that does. And they don't even they don't even know where to put it because that a lot of times goes straight through people's properties. Mm-hmm. There are people that there are some places on the border where they have a fence actively built through people's properties, and it's just like a it's just like a wire fence. Like, it's just a, it's a fence. It's not even, we can't call it a wall. <laughs> and that took that took them that took the federal government years to do that because mm-hmm. you have to go to the person you have to talk to them you have to draw the line and they don't want this to happen so they sue you and then it bounces around in court which is not a good thing for Trump he doesn't do well in court mm-hmm. so I it's it, I but he would have done well if he weren't running for president see because we, there was a was there a Trump University settlement. Yeah, after, it's a word, there was a settlement because okay, look, I have to run the country, so let's just have a settlement. I'm not admitting <laughs> right. I did anything wrong because I didn't do anything wrong because well, I have a good brain. Okay, but here's the thing, and I might be bringing up a sore spot. Didn't Michael Jackson settle out of court? Yeah, yeah. Did that dispel anything? Oh no, oh, no. no we exactly. all think he still did it. Like, right. That's and that, not to say that he did or that, he didn't, that, but that's, that's a different reality, though. Damn. No, it no, that's it's, a different reality. It still applies. It still applies to Trump, I feel. It, it applies to Trump because everyone's always going to be, oh, yeah, there was that time he put his name on a Ponzi scheme. 
Trump University. So I, I, don't, I don't think that's going anywhere, just because he's president. Um, uh, with this, but okay, the, the National Endowment of the Arts and the Humanities combined $300 million for their budget. Which is nothing. The total annual budget is $1.1 trillion. Right. That's a drop in the bucket. Like you don't you don't have to do this. You don't, yeah, you're you're doing this to satisfy your constituents. To, yeah, to be a dig. That that's that's really what it boils down to. Um, and congratulations because you are being a dig. <laughs> <laughs> you are knocking it out of the park, Dicky Trump. Yeah. <laughs> so we have that. Um, Trying to get back to my list here. Okay. So we have the, uh, well, this list came out last week. The 25 greatest musical performances on Saturday Night Live. Right. Now, I don't watch Saturday Night Live as consistently as others. Mm, same. It, it really just needed to be 25 videos of Ashley Simpson <laughs> performing. <laughs> Just the same video thing. Marco posted like number twenty four, twenty three, with that Simpson horrible dance. Just just sashaying off the stage, and with it, our hearts. Oh. <laughs> uh, before we and we'll we'll there are twenty five of them, but I think we'll just talk about the top ten. Um, what is there one that you remember like at all? Mm. Um, I remember. I do remember watching you two perform "Beautiful Day" on SNL, like because that was, and that kind of like puts me back, like what I was doing with my high school years <laughs> back in two thousand one to whatever it was. And um, so yeah, I, re- I remember that because like, I remember it being like a really great performance of it. Um, I don't know. It was a sort of I I was always excited about the host. I was never really super excited about the music yeah. host. And always being a little disappointed when they were the same thing. Hmm. Like when the musical guest was the guest. The guest it was host. the host. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And yeah. most of the time it just didn't work for me. Yeah. Everything I remember is from YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I, like I remember seeing the only one I think I remember seeing. Well, shit, it wasn't even live. I saw it on Comedy Central, a rerun, The Gin Blossoms. Um, but I mean, I think my favorite was probably like Bulls on Parade, Raging This Machine. When I saw them, I saw, but YouTube. So I didn't even see it live. Yeah. Uh, the one that, um, I, I, like I said, I rarely watch SNL. Um, I remember like a lot of sketches was not with a lot with the musical guests. Um, what I remember is with, uh, Kanye West when my beautiful dark twisted fantasy Hmm. came out. He did Runaway, and normally when you think of the uh, performance stage on SNL, it's like an old train station or yeah, whatever, mm-hmm. but it was like an all-white background. He comes out wearing like the red leather suit or whatever it was, because that, that was his uniform for that album, <laughs> because he has a uniform for each one. And then uh, all the, ba- uh, the ballerinas came out, and... Uh, I didn't recall ever seeing that before on SNL to where it basically, it kind of looked like a, like a, 
a music video and you didn't see the stage that you were that you would normally see when watching it. Yeah. No. I, uh, what was the last album he did? It was like the life of. Life, Life of Pablo. Pablo. Life yeah. of Pablo. He did. He did. Uh, remember, I, I didn't watch it, but I do remember he did something like that. Like he did a completely different stage. There were a lot of different um, performers yeah. on there. And that, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably one of the few artists that can like they'll let him do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just to give you an idea of what's on this list, uh, and they'll have a little story behind it. Number twenty-one on here is Prince. Uh, when he was only 22 at the time and he sang party up, but this was the same episode where Charles rocket said, fuck on the air. I guess that was a big deal back then. Who's Charles rocket? No clue. Uh, he was a cast member on SNL. Uh, the only movie I know that he was actually in was, uh, unfortunately the only way I know is, uh, it's Pat. (laughs) Is it Pat in the movie? Was he Pat? No, he was okay. the, he was the guy who was like obsessed with obsessed with Pat. trying to that he said Pat fuck with. on SNL. Yeah. Oh God, because there was a sketch. Uh, they did a parody of uh, Who Shot Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, that's when this took place. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and the the host was the uh, Charlene Tilton. Who was on Dallas at the time? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So they did a parody of the Who Shot Jr. and um, and he just, uh, yeah, y'all can look that up. Um, <laughs> who else? Uh, we have one here. Um, actually, the uh, another Kanye West performance when he performed "New Slaves" and "Black Skinhead" is number seventeen on here. That was a good performance. Okay. Um, let's see uh, we'll go right to the top 10 just missing the top 10 is Tina Turner doing What's Love Got to Do With It and Private Dancer uh, that was a good album and mm-hmm. she was in a, in a sketch with Martin Short's Ed Grimley character <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, number 10, Rage Against the Machine. Hmm. They did Bulls on Parade. Nice. It's a good performance. <laughs> it was memorable. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a battle broke out between the SNL stagehands and the Rage Against the Machine road crew over an upside-down American flag that the band hung as a prop. As soon as we're off stage, the show's producer informs our tour manager that there will be no second song, no cozy wave goodnight at the end, no hugging the host Steve Forbes. It's just get out of the building right now. Pause. Wow. Steve Forbes was the host. I, I don't know who Steve Forbes is. Isn't the, the guy that founded Forbes magazine? Okay. Hmm. He ran for president like three times. He's a billionaire. Is that the guy that I'm thinking of? He was the host? That's interesting. Uh, possibly. <laughs> to the internet. <laughs> oh, so, my God. Yeah, it was. Okay, mm. well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> number nine is The Band. Oh, The Band, sure. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I assume it was like the, ba- the band, like Bob mm-hmm. Dylan's The Band. Uh, Lauren Michaels wanted The Band on SNL. 
in the run up to their legendary farewell farewell concert, which was the last waltz. If you've seen that film, yep. mm-hmm. uh, I told him we wouldn't want to host a show. Recall Robbie Robertson. We weren't really that funny. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, they became the first band to play four songs on SNL. Or they blame. Uh, it, it doesn't say. Well, no. it said they closed by playing Georgia on my mind. Nice. Yeah. And a few days after that, wrote drummer Levon Helm, Jimmy Carter was elected president. That's nice. Now that that that, that makes sense because they were, they did a big deal about how they were quitting before their prime because they were only I think they were only together for about ten years. And the last waltz, if you haven't seen it, is a really 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 great concert film that Martin Scorsese directed. Hmm. With mm-hmm. the help of Robbie Robertson and cocaine, <laughs> like there, I'm not, joke, I'm not joking. That, there make, was, that makes there, sense there, with there, the cocaine. Yeah, you know, there was a lot. Like there was one review of it that said you can almost see the cocaine dust between, like floating between takes. Oh God! Like, uh, like on our last episode, we talked about Fleetwood Mac's "Rumors" mm-hmm. and uh, the song "Gold Dust Woman," <laughs> <laughs> and to where like I th- Stevie Nicks did an interview. And someone asked her, like, is that song about you know, doing cocaine? She's like, yeah, but I feel like it's something else. Like, it couldn't just, it wasn't just cocaine, but I don't know what that other thing was. Yeah. <laughs> but no, last one, let's check it out. So, yeah. Um, number eight is Devo. Mm. Uh, I can only think that they would do. This was, but this was before. This is before Whip It. Before Whip It. Oh, Okay. This was 1978. Was this their incredible cover of Can't Get No Satisfaction? Yes. Holy crap, really? They come, they <laughs> their cover of that was I, a hard guess. I'm not kidding. Uh, well, actually, hold on. Lauren Michaels said that they could not. Well, Lauren Michaels didn't want them to do that song. Oh, but they rebelled. And uh, Michaels only acquiesced when the band's manager offered a future performance by his more famous client, Neil Young. Mm. <laughs> All right. And it said, we went from playing in front of 200, 300 people a night to 3,000, 5,000 people a night. We had to stop the tour and rebook it after SNL. Oh, wow. Nice. So that was, that was big time. Number seven, David Bowie, 1979. The man who sold the world. Uh, no, he did Boys Keep Swinging and TVC 15. Oh, was that the one? And I just, because I like playing this guessing game. Cause you're just <laughs> 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 was that the one where they had the, the penis? It doesn't say anything about a penis. That might have been a fever dream I had. <laughs> no, but there, there was there was a performance. But he did wear a dress and heels and walking a stuffed pink poodle. There was there was some something some SNL performance Bowie did or some performance Bowie did where on on television he stuck in like there was like a dildo like floating around somewhere, and no one caught it. And I I want to say it was that, but I can't be sure. Be careful when you Google David Bowie dildo. Just from experience. Oh, <laughs> uh, six is Sinead O'Connor. What'd she do? <laughs> uh, well, I was looking into that, and she um, something about the Pope. <laughs> there was a Pope. Uh, not in her eyes. May not be recording anymore, and I, I can't know. tell if we are. 
I'm getting the spinning beach ball of death. No, spinning beach ball, go away. <laughs> it was sorting itself out, but I don't know anymore. And it's... Rec- well, now I can't tell. Okay, now it's recording again. Okay. Apple! <laughs> there may be some drop samples there, but... Um, we'll figure out what's going on. Well, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can help, but I wouldn't be any help. Okay, it's still it's still recording, but just kind of skipping along here. Trying to close some programs to see if it'll run a little bit smoother. But... Uh, Otherwise, other other than that, um, but she did a Bob Marley's War acapella version, and she tore up a picture of John Paul Pope John Paul II. She later admitted that viewers might have missed the significance of the act of protest against incidents of sexual abuse in the Irish Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, she's just saying the Americans don't understand. Hmm. I mean, oftentimes Americans don't understand. As famously said by Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he put it more poetically. Yeah. <laughs> parents don't understand. No, I, I remember that. That was... Um, it kind of reminds me, like, you'll have, like, those SNL retrospects. Like, the history of SNL. And that's always... Like, that was the most important thing that happened in the early 90s. Like, that and Chris Farley dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Number... Five. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the one that Tim hoped would not be number one is Elvis Costello. Because that's bullshit. <laughs> that's why. According to the singer, Columbia Records insisted he perform his understated new single, Less Than Zero, for his American debut. Mm-hmm. Instead, Costello played about 10 seconds of the song, screamed for his backing band to stop and burst into Radio Radio, a protest against sanitized media that hadn't even been released yet. Yep. So I, it's not that I, I I love Elvis Costello. I love I love Radio Radio. It's that this was always like seen as such a great moment, and and it's like this and the Shanine O'Connor thing. Like the reason why this is great is because no one was expecting this to happen. This was happening on live television, which seems really weird for a written sketch comedy show like where everything's they spend like literally the entire week very intensely planning down every single detail but the better moments the ones that people remember are the ones where you know people somebody said fuck it like well uh, what was the, the the guy the guy from this is pat that said fuck charles rocket charles rocket and where is he from tomorrow world no. <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> Anyway, but but you but you you know what I mean. It's sort of like the reason himself. the reason what did he really? Yeah. Holy crap! Uh, whoa! Yeah, that. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to finish my thought. It is took a weird turn. <laughs> By the way, he's dead. He killed himself. <laughs> All right. Um, no, but really, like, why? Like, so it, what? So what? Like, it, what do you, a, why do you think it's like? It, it, it's it, too much is made of it. You think? Well, it, it's like t- too much is made of it, and it's also um, it, it's just it's just sort of like the, re- the what you remember and what you are enjoying is not like the craft and the work that went into this. What you are enjoying is the flub of it happening on live television. 
So you ever watched 30 Rock when they did the live episodes and there was like uh, Tracy Tracy Jordan went up there and he was like, oh, I'm breaking, I'm breaking characters. This is hilarious. Like, no, that's it. That's re- that is the exact reason why people watch this. They don't want to see you succeed. They want to see you fall flat on your face. Hmm. And get off my lawn. <laughs> and why won't they deliver my mail before three? I have to go to bed. Why won't they? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old. I'm an old man, Greg. Yeah, are we? Are we keeping you up past your bedtime? Right Wait, now? but no. I slept. I slept in <laughs> to get ready for this. <laughs> this is actually the start of my new day. <laughs> All right. Um, want some breakfast? <laughs> I already had my granola. <laughs> Sorry, he's he's getting crabby. My Sorry. cream of wheat. Uh, number four is Neil Young uh, from 1989, where he played uh, Rockin' in the Free World. Keep on rocking in the free world. Every time I hear Neil Young, I think of that Dana Carvey bit, like, this is mm-hmm. every Neil Young song I've ever heard. <laughs> Lucky's has the lowest <laughs> prices. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's no the day the day that uh, yeah no the day that you realize that like all that he's gonna like the music is great but he sounds that that is his voice mm-hmm. he is not changing for anything no that's that's when you'll start to find peace. Um, he said uh, I had my trainer and we just lifted weights and I did calisthenics in my dressing room to get my blood to the level it would be at after performing for an hour and 25 minutes. Mm. All right. Cool. That's different. Number three, U2 in 2004. They, this is when uh, how to dismantle an atomic bomb came out. So they did vertigo and sometimes you can't make it on your own. Uh, All right. It says the real magic happened during the closing credits when the band completely broke from SNL tradition, performing its classic debut single, I Will Follow, as Bono wandered into the studio audience and embraced a tearful Amy Poehler. My whole body blushed, Poehler wrote, and I almost died from excitement. I get that. <laughs> I get it. If Bono did that to me, I mean, I'd, I'd be flush. Mm. Uh, I will follow. I remember that um, there was, it was like a, it was probably one of those VH1 countdowns, like greatest yeah. music moments on television or something. Yeah, yeah. And with U2's debut, they were on, um, it wasn't Charlie Rose, but it was another one of those, uh, it was like a late night host um, that I feel like he later went on PBS. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't Charlie Rose. It was, was it, it Tavis was smiling? Throwback. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> close. No. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he called. But the, whoever the host was, I can't remember his name. But he called them the U two. Oh, nice. <laughs> that mm. that weird. Nothing makes you sound older than putting the in front of something. <laughs> So, Are you listening yeah. to the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Number two is uh, from SNL's second episode, Simon and Garfunkel, who had broken up five years previous, and they had not been on the same stage in three years, and they did The Boxer and Scarborough Fair and their new single, My Little Town. Uh 
So it has us Paul Simon saying, so you've come crawling back. And in response, Garfunkel deadpan, it's very nice of you to invite me on your show. <laughs> <laughs> so what's weird about that is, or, or maybe, maybe it was listed elsewhere, so maybe I shouldn't say anything, but uh, there was um, the episode post 9-11 where Paul Simon played the boxer. And they had Rudy Giuliani and a lot of first responders on the stage as well. Hmm. Like that, that would have been, was that on the list? I don't all? think it's on the, it wasn't on the list at all. Maybe, maybe it's because it's such a downer, but I mean, I remember that being a very evocative performance. I'll, I'll look it up if you want to keep going. Uh, yeah. It's kind of looking weird on my phone because I'm not able to look at it how I would like, but I'm not sure if that was on there, if that made the list, but number one, is a, I guess it was a performance. Um, <laughs> it's a band called Fear. Uh, Saturday Night Live pre- frequently broke new underground sounds to a wider audience. I guess that's Elvis Costello and Devo in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but no one was prepared for the mayhem that erupted when John Belushi and writer Michael Donahue O'Donohue invited LA hardcore punks Fear to perform. They became Pied Pipers to what the New York Post headline dubbed a riot. Uh, they did a song called Beef Baloney and they slam danced and screamed things like New York sucks and <laughs> negative approach is going to fuck you up. The real audience at SNL was scared to death. <laughs> Uh, they didn't know what was happening. The camera people were trying to protect their cameras. <laughs> Dick Eversall, who was the stage manager, got hit in the chest with the pumpkin. Wow. Damn. Uh, and Eversall darted into the control room and promptly had director Dave Wilson rerun the Eddie Murphy prison poetry short film, Pros and Cons. <laughs> <laughs> As the band was launching into their third song in under five minutes. <laughs> that's That's... That's punk. Nice. Arguably, it was all the same song. Um, as a result, I have become one of the... Uh, this is the lead singer. As a result, I have become one of the esteemed members of the Permanently Band. <laughs> mm. Who else is on that, you think? Um, Sinead O'Connor. I don't, well, I don't know if she was banned. It's mm. possible. The only person... only people I know who were... Uh, um, I know Martin Lawrence was banned. Why? What did he, yeah, what'd he do? Like his opening opening monologue was too like it was either too sexist or too insensitive. Wait, I haven't. I I have. I've never seen the monologue. I don't oh. know if it aired. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if Damon Wayans had been banned. He was a cast member, but then he um, he was supposed to. He it was a sketch where he played a cop. And then he like changed the character in the middle and like made him a gay character in the middle of the sketch. Oh. And so they fired him. Well, that, that. And then he did the Living Color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's doing just. I don't well. know if he was banned, but I, um, I feel like like somebody like Johnny Depp is banned. Like some movie star, <laughs> some contemporary yeah, for, movie star has been for banned. being like too difficult or too like hard, just too hard to handle. Mm. Yeah, that that would make sense. I didn't see the 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 nine eleven performance that I was okay. looking for on the list. So clearly, Rolling Stone is in league with Al Qaeda. <laughs> yeah, there Duh. was. A, uh, Duh. I don't know if Rolling Stone did the list, but there was a list of like the greatest Super Bowl halftime performances. Yeah, and 
uh, number one to me was Prince in 2007. I, w- I was going to say. Uh, their number one was Michael Jackson uh, in 93. Oh, okay. Um, which is good. I think Prince was like number three or four. Number two was uh, the one with Aerosmith and Britney Spears and and that's, Sink and Nelly. Th- this is the that's the, that's the worst. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> that uh, uh, uh. you know uh, how I feel about that performance. That you the, know how I feel specifically about that Super Bowl halftime yeah, performance. Maybe the worst since the USC marching band. I mean, God, like man, just, it, <laughs> makes, it makes me wish that we lost War Two. <laughs> Jeez. So uh, yeah, I think Rolling Stone made that list. Rolling Stones wrong. They're wrong in a lot of things, dude. They're that's true. Well, anyway, (laughs) uh, I think that's enough uh, music news talk. I would suppose. So, Ben, what's your earworm of the week? All right, I'm going with "Helpless" by John Mayer. Yeah, he actually he's like he's he's back as a guitar player. Like he's (laughs) like he's this is more yeah continuum. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's got a really cool solo. favorite song track off of both of them because it's like blues john mayer like he's actually like you, you kind of hear the solo fading out like he's actually playing a real solo like it's pretty cool so he don't do that much he don't do that much anymore <laughs> don't get me started don't get started so the search for everything wave two has he come out with wave three yet or is there one i don't know i don't know 
But uh, yeah, you guys should check that out. And it's been added to our BTT YHT earworms on Spotify. Sponsorous. Yes. (laughs) Uh, You can uh, listen to that playlist and uh, our other playlists, which uh, we could actually make with an episode. (laughs) So yeah, there's not one for every episode because, uh, well, there just wasn't. (laughs) <laughs> because there wasn't yeah. <laughs> and that's why well uh tim was on uh our episode where we talked about bond themes there is a playlist for that mm-hmm. uh on spotify even though there are a bunch of albums which have all the songs but some but they don't have like uh, they have like a lot of them mm-hmm. but not all of them and then yeah. some are like the karaoke version yeah, yeah I, I made a playlist the playlist that i made on spotify that was surprisingly difficult to do, like to get the actual recording, because then you, yeah. you would have people that were like Bunny Penny and the James Bonds, and it was just like this mm. lady that was looking at making a quick buck in England, mm. and she just recorded a bunch of songs, paid the royalties, and then released the album. And that it was it was garbage. Mm. The one that was hardest for me to get was actually uh, Skyfall. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, the one, the only one I could find was a karaoke version, and with Adele releasing her the way her music was released, there was there was a delay. Um, yeah. So it eventually made it to Spotify. Yeah, yeah. But that was the most difficult. I think everyone, everything else was pretty. Uh, it was pretty simple to find. Uh, I, but it, it 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 well it did take some digging, but. Yeah, eventually everything was on there. <laughs> what was funny about that is that Spotify did the um, uh, Your 2016 playlist. Yeah, and it's a really great playlist. Only it keeps on putting in all of the Bond themes because mm-hmm. apparently the only thing I did in 2016 was listen to the Bond theme <laughs> and like all my regular music. So every now and again, it's like God, I I, I love the Moon Moonraker Go version, but I can't listen to it right <laughs> now. It's not it's not gelling with my vibe. But on this particular episode, we started the podcast with the song Gorillas in the Midst by NWH. Uh, <laughs> uh, say it like that, like they put on the marquee in the film Negroes with hats. <laughs> Spe- well, first, there were just special guests. There were special <laughs> guests. Uh, of course, talking about the film Fear of a Black Hat. Um, this was one of those films. It came out in 94 and um, I don't know if the statute of limitations is passed on, on cable theft. What, what you talking about? What you mean? Cable theft? Mm-hmm. What? I didn't uh, steal anything. I, all right. No. Yeah. I was out of town when that shit happened. Yeah. I owned it on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I just caught that. Oh man. No, man we were out of town. We were, we were in Toronto. No, we no, were in no, Cleveland. We were, no, no, no. We oh, were in Cleveland. Cleveland. Remember? Hold on real quick. Just got to. So, uh, this was, this is one of my, my favorite movies. I watched it a lot when it came out, um, on, on cable. Uh, I'm not going to get into that, how I saw it so many times in a row when I was 11. Oh, okay. Mm. I thought I was going to be held responsible for that. <laughs> Tim, you did this. It's one of those I, I shouldn't have been watching. And I had never heard of Spinal Tab at the time. I yeah. never heard of that movie. But it's a mockumentary about uh, the state of hip-hop uh, at, the, at that moment 
Um, a lot of people say that 1994 was like the golden age of hip hop where, mm. um, a lot of artists started to come out, which are like revered today, like Biggie mm-hmm. and Tupac and Nas. Uh, this was before, before Jay-Z. Um, but yeah, there is basically like a, a, a send up of hip hop. And it's interesting that, um, I think in hip hop today, and probably back then, there was no really, there was no real room for humor. Like you can't, you can't make fun of yourself. Yeah, and I think that's kind of how it is now. You, you still can't make fun of yourself. Well, who was the name of that? Um, it wasn't from that time period. It wasn't the name of that rapper? Uh, but I got high. Oh, Afro Man. Afro Man. Afro Man. Yeah, I, I remember talking to you about that once. That he. Like he made, he wasn't going to have a successful career because, because it got high was a joke. Like this is a song, like he's not going to go anywhere, Mm. you know, after this. And I don't know if it was because of Afro man or maybe the prediction was correct, but yeah, I haven't like, has he done anything since then? Really? No, mm-hmm. he was nominated for a Grammy for that. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, of course, because the Grammys (laughs) don't know what they're doing. Mm -mm. Yeah. They nominated I'm on a boat. Uh, so Shut up, for real. For for best rap performance, <laughs> they took that serious. Uh, maybe they were trolling us, just like with Jethro Tull. Maybe they were still <laughs> trolling us. You need to get over yeah, that's that. a guy. I go. I am dead serious I, about. I'm Jeff not Rattel mad about it. It's just funny. Yeah, I know it is funny. <laughs> we just must never forget it happened, so it doesn't right. happen again. I like to thank Jethro Tull for not releasing an album this year. <laughs> um, but even but even uh, the Lonely Island, like they released another album after that. It was like what was it? Yeah. Like Gold Chains and Turtlenecks, and like mm-hmm. Turtleneck and Chains. Yeah, 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 something like that. And it was like that. Even though that is what they are doing, is making fake, mm-hmm. funny raps. Like they, that's like the second album anywhere. Yeah, well, well, I think by that time the novelty had worn off. Right. I'm I'm saying you're right. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Texted me, and that's why I'm here. <laughs> I need to come over, say that I'm right, then we'll do it. <laughs> uh, so, this was a film released in 1994. Mm-hmm. It was screened at Sundance in 1993, so it's probably it was filmed in 1992. Hell oh, yeah. Very ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, so, it is a mockumentary about the group NWH. Uh, Wikipedia actually did put niggas with hats on here. Mm-hmm. I thought they would put Negroes with hats as a joke. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, it's a uh, a satire about hip-hop uh, similar to This Is Spinal Tap with heavy metal. Um, so, I guess well, one thing I want to talk about, uh, well, I guess as, as far as also with like you can't make fun of yourself in hip hop. Uh, I guess what was your first impression after you saw the movie, or you know, the last time you may have seen the movie? <laughs> um, I, I remember it. I remember enjoying it as a movie, enjoying it a lot more than this is Spinal Tap because this is Spinal Tap. Like the last twenty minutes of it's like really heavy mm-hmm. and becomes very cringe comedy as the band goes on its you know descent you know, opening for a puppet show and things like that. And, and, but I, I, so I remember it being a lot more enjoyable, a lot more satisfying. Um, 
so that that was I guess that was like the first impression was that it was it was it is like a really really great movie. It's a really funny movie that doesn't I don't want to say it doesn't take itself too seriously because it does the satire. It makes fun of what it's making fun of so well. Mm-hmm. Like there was just that there was a part where um, ice cold, it's ice cold right yeah ice cold's going uh, around backstage and he's pointing out like these are the different acts and this is this is your highness and this is parsley sage rosemary time mm-hmm. and and then he's like pointing at a group of guys over to the side and like and everyone's getting on the ice cold train like there's ice tray <laughs> ice water ice coffee ice coffee <laughs> ice tea oh no well there is an ice tea but you know what i mean like yeah. you, like that you know you have to be aware of it and, and take it seriously to make fun of it so i don't know it, it was also like a lot smarter than this is spinal tab which kind of feels strange to say I don't know why, because it feels like I'm overthinking Fear of a Black Hat. <laughs> well, I, I've never seen this as Spinal Tap. Uh, I've heard about scenes in it several times, like getting lost on their way to the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, these go to 11. Um, that, that's about it. <laughs> that's probably, yeah. uh, there, there I feel was, like I've seen it, but with I, I do, by just knowing those two scenes. There's, there is another one uh, where they are on stage and they're like in individual pods. And they, get, and they can't get out. And they can't get out, which actually happened to you two. One, one performance. They all came in on a giant bubble and they couldn't open it. Like, and Bon mm-hmm. is like reaching out to the door and like trying it and it's like not working. Um,. So, uh, with this, it, and everyone's is a, like a character that you can figure out what they're maybe based on, Mm -hmm. uh, ice cold played by the writer and director and producer, (laughs) rusty (laughs) Cundiff. ice cold is a combination of, uh, ice cube and ice tea Mm. and probably Chuck D as well. Uh, tasty taste. That's Flavor Flav and mm-hmm. Easy E. He looked a lot like Easy E. <laughs> Jerry go away. Yeah. yeah, that's Easy E right there. Um, and Tone Def, uh, he was, um, I think, part Tone Loke and also DJ Yella and um, Jam Master J. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, Prince B from Beam Dawn. <laughs> yeah, what scene? Uh, I I had not seen the credits because I wonder like who wrote these songs because they have like a full soundtrack with mm-hmm. a lot of like original material. But I mean, it may be it'll be a parody of something. But yeah, yeah, it was a like, full it'll song. be like the, it'll be a full song. Yeah. Um, they wrote the songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the actors mm-hmm. wrote uh wrote the songs, and. Like they put a lot of, they put a lot of a lot into this. Like they, yeah, they, they, they did. Like yeah. made this their own. And it wasn't. And the songs were parodies. The the music videos in it were parodies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, That's probably my favorite part. The music videos. <laughs> yeah. No, there, there's the one where um, Tasty Taste is um, is at, at a point the the group splits up and he's yeah, taking they broke out. Up. Yeah. He's taking out all of his frustration on Ice Cold. So there's. He's doing his, he's rapping and he's also like with a hammer, a sledgehammer, just crushing a yeah. block of ice. Uh, that yeah, was Granny Say Kick, Granny your, say, kick your Ass, yeah. which is Granny Mama say. Said Knock You Out. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> it, was, it was very funny because he's got the shirt off. He had cut his hair. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, like my, I was telling Ben earlier, my peanuts is uh, my Adidas by Run DMC. Um, uh, I thought like booty juice. I thought that was like every two live crew song. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, they made it a, uh, well, like it's, it's a mockumentary, of course. Um, what was, what's a scene that like sticks out to you that like kind of makes it memorable and funny to you? For me, it's when I think it's right after the split and the, the premise of the movie is that there's like a there's a grad student that's doing like a, a documentary mm-hmm. following this group NWH, yeah. and uh, uh, she the, the the movie is like a year following this this group, and so after the split, um, she goes and she's talking to uh, Ice Cold, and he's just going into a solo career. And she says, you know, just to the effect of, oh, you always defend your songs with the political message. Yeah, that's that's my thing. <laughs> oh, well, your new song, Pet the Pussy. <laughs> how, how, like, what's the political significance of that? And he goes, ah, see, pussy is an acronym for political unrest stabilizes society. Yeah. <laughs> and that's... That was the moment I fell in love with the movie. <laughs> it was, I think it was that specific line that made me, that, that just worked. Everything about that worked. Also, the when they're talking about, when they're defending the song, um, Kill Whitey. Yeah, they're talking. <laughs> and they're like, well, well, I mean, why would people think that you were talking about, like, killing a bunch of white people? I mean, do I look like a guy that could kill a whole <laughs> bunch, bunch of, of white people? <laughs> I mean, if, give it a reason, but not on a humbug. <laughs> And that was about our manager, Whitey Bulger, or whatever. Whitey DeLuca. Whitey yeah. DeLuca. Not, not Whitey Bulger. Not the, no. not the gangster. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good a point. That's person. a good point. Yeah. He might come. No, he, I don't know. He's in jail. He's, he's in, in jail. He's oh. in jail. Or they got him. Yeah, they got him. Yeah. But, like, Whitey DeLuca, he was, and he wasn't even white. He was, like, an olive complexed. complexed. <laughs> that was also the first time I had heard the word complected. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been the first time for me, too. Um, but no, it was, it, yeah. I don't know. It was just, it was just like little things like that. Like it was, it was goofy, but it was also really, really, really smart that it would play on that expectation of, you know, we were talking about our manager who ripped us off for a bunch of money. So that's why we wrote the song. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was things like that. Now they had a running gag. I don't know what the running gag might've been in this is spinal tap, but they had a running gag to where all their managers, all mm-hmm. their white managers, die under mysterious circumstances, like Whitey DeLuca. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were out of town. That shit. <laughs> yeah, and this is and this is Final Tap. The drummers keep dying. Mm-hmm. Okay. In fact, that also uh, they have a line, and it was like, oh well, there was that one drummer. He died. They found him in the bushes, and the police came out, and they said, you know, there are just some mysteries best left unsolved, <laughs> and they just left. So. Okay. Um, so that's what we're working with. <laughs> they also, uh, well, there's a, a rivalry with the Jam Boys. I'm, I was trying for like, who are the Jam Boys? Are they like, are they Run DMC or are they the Ghetto Boys? I'm saying here's something that says they're the Fat Boys. One of them was really skinny, though. Were they? I remember, I know Faison was in there. He's kind of chunky. <laughs> you don't have to be. Like you can be skinny in the fat boys, can't you? 
or not as fat. No. Well, one of one of them's kind of one of them's skinny now, and Point one of them down. and one of them died. Mm. Um, Man, a lot of death. <laughs> yeah, well, um, that's, that's the way it goes. But yeah, it was it was a it was a um, a sort of music to where all of Ice Cold songs had a political message. Mm-hmm. All of the, well, there was and no the, matter how vulgar they actually there, are. There was, <laughs> right, there was, like Booty Juice was defended. Uh, Gorillas in the Mist was defended. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there were they were like sitting in a diner and Tasty Taste just starts. That's the name, Tasty Taste. Tasty right? Taste. Okay, oh, right. oh, the love song. song. The love song, and he's just like. <laughs> Like talking about, I want to get up and or whatever it is. I, I think yeah. it was like, uh, I love you, girl. <laughs> I love you, girl. And that He's showing like, his whole vulnerability. He's like, I want to make you mine. Stop your fat behind <laughs> and make you mine. I want you to scratch my itch and be my bitch. Because I, I love, love you, girl. girl. <laughs> <laughs> that shows his vulnerability. That's his Oh, man. And like, I think it's funny and. That uh, that they they were able to defend all their songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's what rappers. Yeah, yeah a lot of rappers did. They, they, yeah, well, they will defend the, everything mm-hmm. as yeah. As, there's some kind of message in in any song, mm-hmm. right? And, and and that's sort of like I was I was in college when I first saw the movie, and it was a sort of like, oh my god, like I can't say that they're wrong, can mm-hmm. I? <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, they are wrong, but I can't say that they're wrong. So that that fed into my own artistic nihilism, and then there's no <laughs> point in making anything because anything just means whatever. Who cares? <laughs> there's also a um, a point like with the jam boys at the at the elementary school, which was just, that was weird. Like I understand that like, was yeah, hilarious. We got to get these people to these rappers to talk to the kids <laughs> about uh, violence. About nine. <laughs> <laughs> so they got the Jam Boys and NWH. Like, mm. um, when I got shot, what twenty nine times? <laughs> it's like he was six foot four. <laughs> stand up, stand up. <laughs> um, and uh, it, well, they exposed that one of the Jam Boys actually went to prep school. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of a. a Kind of a vanilla ice thing, even though there was that vanilla ice, vanilla sherbet. Vanilla sherbet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, fucks with y'all. He really man. tried to fit in. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get yeah. initially to that. Your Highness was supposed to be Queen Latifah. Yeah, I didn't quite get that. Um, I don't think they didn't really do much with it though. Mm-mm. Like you never saw. Yeah, they Yo just kind of do anything. It was just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like. So I did like the fact that they parodied New Jack City. Um, yeah, uh, it was called New Mac Village or something like. Yeah, yeah New, New Mac, Mac Village. Village. Oh, and the director was Jake Spingleton. Yes, mm-hmm. and he looked like he looked like Spike Lee to me. I've never seen John Singleton, so well, ba- the kind of I mean, short black guy had the glasses, glasses on. and a yeah. baseball cap, and they and they basically acted out the opening scene to New Jack City. Yeah, and it was brilliant. It was awesome. Now, uh, another thing is they made, he made a reference like Jake Swinton made a reference to, he said, John, Spike and Maddie. Mm-hmm. Maddie is, uh, I believe it's Maddie Rich who directed, um, let's see if I can find it. We go Maddie Rich. He directed, uh, straight out of Brooklyn. 
which was another one of, uh, I guess, one of these hood films that, you know, where you have a, a black director who's trying to uh, put out a social message. It kind of got swept under the rug because it came out um, after Do the Right Thing uh, yeah. and mm-hmm. a little bit before uh, Boys in the Hood. And it, it, I think because of Spike Lee's stature at the time, mm-hmm. uh, he called the movie ignorant. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, there we are. Uh, only since then, Maddie Rich has made the inkwell and... He was the director and screenwriter of the video game One Eight Seven Ride or Die, which was based on. Mm. So he he runs a gaming company now, but he only made two films. But he because of Straight Out of Brooklyn, um, he had he had a name. He was he was famous for about twelve minutes <laughs> oh. instead of the full fifteen. He's still waiting. <laughs> He'll get there. Um. But yeah, so like as far as uh, I feel like if it went if if Fear of Black Cat were made today, I think there would be a scene where Ice Cold be, it start do, starts doing family movies. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> no, it has to or be, or does Cobb shows. Yeah, like one of those and and just yeah, one of those two. I don't know, like could, I don't know if you could, could remake it today. I think it, it, well, I mean, there would definitely be different characters. I think yeah, it would yeah. be a, or if you, if you, if you kept the same characters, there would be like what they've progressed to today. Like, yeah. would Ice Cold be playing cops or be doing family movies? Mm-hmm. Tasty Taste. Uh, well, I don't want to say he would have a reality AIDS show like Easy E. Yeah, I went, I went the dark way first. <laughs> yeah, okay, um, well that's fine. <laughs> or you know the the other way with Flavor Flav, where he becomes a reality star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you'll have uh, Tone Deaf. If he followed like Tone Loke or or other DJs, he'll probably have a a radio show mm-hmm. or um or Starting big Ace parts Ventura. in Ice Cold's movies. Ice Ventura. <laughs> Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> so um. But I think, like, also in that they would have, like, uh, they would see these other rappers on the internet and talk about how they don't understand. I think mumble <laughs> rap would be mm. a very big part of it. Movie, yeah. Of the movie, and yeah, it would, and it would rub all the teenagers who went to see the movie the wrong way. And that's what I would think if they were to make it with modern day rappers. You would have like a Drake character. You'd have a Lil Uzi, whatever character. You, you'd have those people trying to defend what they're doing as they sip on lean. I don't know. That's like that's just what I imagine. The lean yeah. lean would be called something else. Like if, if lean is like the 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 codeine cough syrup with Sprite or any other soda. Mm-hmm. It would probably be something else. Uh, like bent. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it would be like some other ingredient. Like it'll be like hand sanitizer, oh, uh, with <laughs> uh, with fruit punch, and oh god, and Greg. Kind of, I like I I know I know it sounds. What kind it, of recipe is that? Put some Snapple in there. I'm just naming things I see <laughs> yeah. in the room. Kind of so say naming things that you see yeah. around the room and apple juice. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I I think it it could be made today. I do think it, it was. Well, what, I, I, do you think it was ahead of its time? In in some ways, I, I think that one of the things that stuck out struck, uh, stuck out to me when I was watching it is like when they were talking about the King Riots, 
And like one of, one of the lines I was like, and I can't, I don't know it verbatim, but they were, they, she said, were you down with the riots? And he said, yeah. And a lot of people say that was a bunch of lazy people, but you try to walk from like this neighborhood to this neighborhood yeah. and go back for the sectionals. That's a workout for your ass. Like, <laughs> that's like, that's a funny line. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's sort of like the things that are going on. You can't really, like I, you can't make fun of Ferguson. And you can't make like, or you, what about that? Could you make fun of? Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of the rap that was going on at the time, and I'm not an expert on this. I am not <laughs> pretending to be an expert on it. But a lot of the rap that was going on at the time did have like a very strong social response mm-hmm. into you know, like I'm the music that's being made is in response to things that are going on out there. So I don't, and hip hop doesn't seem to be doing that now. I ask. Too much money. Mark. Too much money to to piss off there people. Was, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot more at stake. Yeah. Um, and I think that at that time, if you do stuff that's politically conscious, it could still be popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now the different things are important now as far as rappers go. Sure. Um, you're selling a certain mm-hmm. image. Uh, your songs have to be played in certain venues, certain venues, certain mm-hmm. places like the radio isn't that important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still kind of is important. I mean, if your song is in the, on the top 40 station being played eight times an hour, sure. then but that's not a hip hop. You know, yeah, it's not a hip hop thing. That's just like a music industry thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it is a. It, am, let me ask you this: Am I saying that it's not going to that it wouldn't work as well because hip hop has been like? Uh, what am I trying to say? Um, well, like a film like this wouldn't work well. Or? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess, I guess, I, I don't know. It's uh, it, like technically, you could do like a paint by the numbers type thing. Like, you know, you could just, you could pick, these are the rappers that I want to make fun of. Like, you know, if I were to, you know, like, if I were to make this, like, obviously we're going to make fun of Kanye West. Because you, mm-hmm. you can't not bring that up. And you'd have to, like, bring up, I, I guess, like, Wiz Khalifa. Like, you'd have to. Because there, it's just so easy to make fun well, of. Well, I mean, with, with, with something like that, I mean, there are more elements that could be brought into it. But as far as, you know, if they're, if they're the kind of, Rappers that are trying to, if they have a, you know, if they're trying to defend every song that they have, if there's sure. some kind of political message, um, there will be other, uh, there will be other elements like, you know, the, the rise of the, the video vixen. You said Kanye and Wiz Khalifa. So that makes people think of someone like Amber Rose, mm. um, or, um, uh, who was it? Oh, Corinne Stephens. Mm, Superhead, yeah. yes. So, uh, you'll have those elements. Um, and then the, like, kind of like in the age of the internet, uh, and how people consume music today. Sure. Uh, I think it, it could work. Um, if they did a, if they, if they like just took, we're going to, it's going to be a send up of all of the, of today's rap. Mm-hmm. Um, then it would, I think there'll be a different reaction because of sure. how, you know, people are, or find offense 
or or search really hard for offense and yeah <laughs> and something in something like this like you can't say anything about um like with Beyonce for example mm. if you say uh, I really didn't like that song and if you like tweet that I don't no. really like that be- a certain Beyonce song you all attacked. her fans mm-hmm. are going to come attack you and yeah. hack your account mm-hmm. and make life miserable for you possibly but I mean, that could apply to if you said something about Lil Uzi Vert or Twenty One Savage. Oh God! Um, these the, these are these are these, these are rappers. rappers. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I sure assume <laughs> I didn't, I didn't recognize them, but I used context clues. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. There would be no group either. So there's, I mean, there's no rap groups around. Yeah, it's all solo. That would be artists. another thing. There, yeah. there, there are no rap groups. So they have to center around a rapper, per se. And yeah. like, who might be a combination of several rappers, but there's not going to be a group like there was. I mean, I'm trying to think of a rap group out right now, but there, I can't think of any. Yeah, not not any that are like uh, that are young. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. That. I mean, De La Soul is out there still mm-hmm. touring. At or Jurassic Five, for the, gorillas. the hipsters out there. <laughs> if they're even really a, you know, the gorillas, if they're even really a group, it's one person. There, I mean. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think. I think another thing that worked about the movie though was that it was, and this is like less about the music and more about like maybe the studio system and the way that movies are made nowadays. But I don't know. Like there's there, there like usually when you look up Fear of a Black Cat, like one of the things that it says is indie, mm-hmm. and it was definitely. Um, it was definitely that, like there was a lot of like very unique quirks of the filmmakers in it that probably would have gotten sanitized in a studio process. So, I mean, no, don't, don't like, it could be done. I don't, I just don't think that it would work as, as well. Yeah. I mean, that's why I would, the first thing I thought of, like, if, if this were made, if the same people were involved, it would be a progression of their careers. Yeah, mm-hmm. if it was, and if then it was how like they a relate up. to yeah, okay. others. Like, if they had kids, are they trying to be rappers too? Right. Uh, I guess I was thinking of it like, oh, if we were trying to make this movie, this kind of movie today, and trying to put in like the the 2017 elements, would mm-hmm. it work as well? And and I don't think so. But it would be, I guess, it would be interesting. Like, 30 years later, 25, 30 years later, what what are these people doing with their mm-hmm. lives? Um. Also, Icebox and Iceberg were the other. Damn, I Iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they, in this article, it says that the Jam Boys were the Fat Boys. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, they also they also said with their manager Marty Rabino because it looks like you may read it as Rainbow, but it was a a joke on Jewish names containing colors like Goldman, Goldberg, Greenberg, mm. Silverberg. And it's also a, a take on Jerry Heller. Oh, is that Whitey DeLuca? Jerry Heller, the one who stole from them? <laughs> uh, possibly. But they they do have, um, they they have Jerry Heller, I guess, with, he, he gives, he gives sound, honest management advice. <laughs> Who is, there was the, uh, they had a, they get picked up by a label and the guy listens to Gorillas in the Mess and he like really oh, wants yeah. to put it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that based on anybody? Um, that was Priority. Priority Records, maybe. Yeah. Or, um, Tommy Boy Records? Mm, maybe. Might, I know there were, there were some, um, 
because I mean, it can't. It wasn't. It's not Bad Boy or mm-hmm. uh, or Death Row or Rockefeller because it was. It was. Be, this movie came out before those labels. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, yeah. Because that, that yeah. was that was it might have been priority records. That was another one of my favorite scenes. Is when he's going through the group and he's talking about what their political message is. Oh god, yeah. the exact color of their skin. <laughs> you the high yellow. And, <laughs> and and as as a white man, I am very uncomfortable talking about <laughs> that scene <laughs> because it's because it's a funny scene because he's like he's doing all this extrapolation just based off of the exact skin tone mm-hmm. of the performer. And it's like, it, it, so it's funny, but then it also goes to uh, to Tone Def's uh, line of, um, yeah, and add this to your 2% tip. Second letter of the alphabet's B. Think about that. <laughs> and the guy goes, wow, that's deep. Wait a second, you understand this, motherfucker? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the way that Tone Def talks the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Is in, I think he, he represented the... Um, I think also he represented uh, like the groups like A Tribe Called Quest mm. and De La Soul uh, and PM Dawn uh, to where they're supposed to it looks as if he has this higher state of consciousness. Right. Um, well, like the song I Am Just a Human that's PM Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> and then later he's like I was wrong man. <laughs> um, so yeah uh, we have trying to think of the okay um the they have have here what the the song parodies were or mm-hmm. the songs were the a parody of booty juice was pumps in a bump yeah uh mc hammer i thought i thought it was also all all of two live crew oh, songs uh, come and pet the pussy was uh <laughs> ice cold's group the ice plant which is cnc music factory mm-hmm. <laughs> And he was even he even was dressed like Freedom Williams mm-hmm. with the with the ponytail. Um, fuck the security guards was fuck the police. That yeah, that was fuck, funny to fuck, me though. Fuck, fuck, fuck the security guard. Um, it was. Uh, I, I. What do you think of the scene with the I um, where he's pulled over? And all the whole process of like having him get out of the car. Oh, that was hilarious! Like, now take your right buttock. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 was funny. That's all that's I have to say. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the uh, picture of him when he bought the car. <laughs> yeah, that's the guy that sold the car. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. leave him alone now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, it was it was a funny scene. Like it was. I mean, it's it, it's. It's, I guess it's like I guess that's the sort of thing that I was thinking about when when talking about trying to make it now. Yeah. Like, could you have a scene like that? Yeah, I, that I wouldn't think like, be too dark. Yeah, because if it was a scene, you know, um, I, I don't think this scene would ever get written in, in any in any context. But take something like with Trayvon Martin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't think you could take uh, that scene and and even make a satire out of it. Yeah, well, I don't even think that... I don't even think that you could even reenact that scene because it's so unrealistic in a lot of ways. Like, you know, if you did that scene, you know, beat for beat, shot for shot, you'd look at it and you're like, well, that's that doesn't seem right mm-hmm. at all. 
Like, you would, like, really? They would, like, patiently talk a man through getting out of his mm-hmm. car anatomy by anatomy and like and then he doesn't like something awful doesn't happen to him at the end like no i i, I don't think so so i guess then in 2017 he do, he just gets shot <laughs> probably yeah, but then like, again like, like your hands up and then he gets shot anyway. yeah yeah and then they run over and like put a gun in his mm-hmm. hand and etc etc <laughs> um a gangster's life ain't fun is New Jack Hustler by Ice T. I knew it was one of those. Uh, Gorillas in the Midst was Gorillas in the Midst by, I'm sorry, it was the Lynch Mob, not just Ice Cube. Mm. And Grab Your Stuff, that was the two I cruise. Oh, that, fun, that was funny. Like, ah, my dick! My dick! And they just come in to rest him. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also, I didn't, well, I guess the version of the movie I saw, I didn't see the uh, the Ice Froggy Frog. I don't remember that. I know. Well, I know. I know it's on the soundtrack. Um, there was. Yeah. Did he do any? Because they're they're going around on that tour. Did he do any songs on the tour for the audience that were not like a music video? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Did he do it? Did Did he do any songs that were just like for the audience? I thought. Oh, that okay. Uh, I know where you had where you had was that was just for the audience. That was that was yeah. like a in a concert, and grab your stuff was for the, uh, was a performance. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. Kurt Loder makes a cameo in this. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. I didn't know how old he was. How old is he? How old is he now? He he's seventy one now. Now, Jeez. Jesus Christ. Is he still doing stuff? So that means he was like 45, 46 then. Yeah, I guess so. That's why he sounded the way he talked. He, <laughs> he, sound, he sounded very adult. That's why, that's why he's, he's the distinguished elder statesman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's in it. And they do make a reference to the uh, uh, the Martha Wash mm-hmm. uh, case. I guess. Oh, where the, the lady said that she sang the yes, vocal. Yes, it was my voice. <laughs> and it was not. <laughs> um, we've also, I don't, I don't know if you listened to this episode. I think it was the episode where we talked about Millie Vanilli. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they, um, there was this group called Black Box. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they did a song on mm-hmm. Top of the Pops. Now, on Top of the Pops, they lip synced most of the time, probably sure. like 95% of the time. That's a British show, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had a uh, they had a lead singer, but it was clearly a, a sample track. Mm-hmm. But she's like singing the vocals. And um, I'll show you the video after, but... It's impossible for <laughs> to have sung that. It's impossible for anyone to have sung that way, uh, the way that it was uh, produced. Um, all of the yeah, there there are twelve original songs uh, on the soundtrack. There's a song called "White Cops on Dope." Yeah, I don't remember that. Uh, I think that was. Just I don't think that soundtrack. was in the movie. That yeah. might have been just for them. Well, it says only available on the motion picture soundtrack and DVD bonus. Features. It's a parody of the Tube song "White Punks on Dope," 
And it's supposed to be a parody also of Walk This Way because it features Rick Ocasek. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um, well, so, ben, what about you? Any, any Santa Claus is coming is the funniest. That's just and not necessarily. <laughs> and that's just how. <laughs> and, and Kurt Loder just says that with it's, a straight yeah. face. Like it's anything else he's read. Like he was doing an MTV like, report. Is, this, is, this is news. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this, is what, this is my life. <laughs> Yeah, that was probably the. That's actually, I think that's the funniest line to me. The whole movie, I really enjoyed the standoff after the girlfriend. Oh, um, yeah. They catch the girlfriend <laughs> in bed with ice cold, and like Tasty Taste comes out and he pulls his gun out. Mm-hmm. Then she pulls her gun out, and then the manager pulls his gun out, but he's shaking. He can't get the bullets in. <laughs> and then Tone Dev shows up, and he and then they all shoot the man. Like the manager shoots his gun off, and he and ends it up bounces it bounces around, and he ends up getting shot and dies. I was hoping he'd be the manager that lived, like but he wasn't. <laughs> Not even when they got a black manager at the end. He yeah. didn't live either. None of them lived. <laughs> uh, my favorite scene is when they when they do uh, grab your stuff and they have to change the lyrics. Yeah, from grab your shit to grab your stuff. <laughs> and then he hits himself. It's like, oh, oh shit. My dick. My dick. And like, get him. Get him. <laughs> um, so, I mean, what do you think of this... Uh, would you do you prefer you said would you pre- do you prefer over this is final tap as far as i i do yeah music mockumentary mm-hmm. I, I, it's it's not the in, you know, like you never win in a fight with a fan of this is final tap mm-hmm. or really any of the christopher guest type movies but uh i mean this is the, the fear of a black hat's just more enjoyable it's it's a little bit goofier or wackier i guess um but yeah, I, I definitely enjoy it a lot more. I've definitely seen it a lot more than this mm-hmm. is Final Tab. Now uh, a little about Rusty Cundiff, the writer, director, producer. He did everything, man. Actor, the the true Artur <laughs> of Fear of a Black Hat. Uh, he, um, he was in the movie School Days, Spike Lee's School Days, mm-hmm. playing one of the one of the frat brothers, and that experience inspired him to pursue writing and directing. In in addition to acting. Um, he was in Hollywood Shuffle, which I think is required viewing for anyone who wants to be an actor, black or white. Sure. Um, but he didn't direct a whole lot after. Well, not not a, he did he did some TV episodes here and there, but not a lot of films. Like he did Tales from the Hood. I don't know if anyone has seen that. I remember Tales from the Hood. Um, and uh, the. The only other uh, film that I know they did was uh, Sprung that came out in like '97. So you don't. He did Sprung. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just I remember. That's <laughs> to trigger a memory. I remember. So that. he has a comedy. He did a an anthology series like Tales from the Crib, but it's Tales from the Hood, and then Sprung is like a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also. Uh, he directed a segment of Movie 43, which I've never seen. Hilarious. No. You didn't like it? <laughs> no, I hated Movie 43. I loved I it. I was really, really, like, I was I was shaking. I was so angry watching it. <laughs> I loved it. Because it was so atrocious. <laughs> I am not okay with this movie at all. Oh, man. It's, it's not, none of it's okay. This isn't all right. You got to watch it, Greg. You'd be the tiebreaker here. <laughs> <laughs> you figured this out, Greg. Okay. Do it. Um. I'm imagining he probably directed the the one starring Terrence Howard 
just assuming. It's called Victory's Glory. Yes, the, I that's think that's the one with Terrence Howard. That's where he's the coach. He's like, you're black. That's why you're supposed to win. <laughs> this ain't hockey. Use <laughs> uh, your he, dick. Dribble with that. <laughs> he did a lot of work with Chappelle's show. Yeah, I saw he was Richard Pryor. Um, I don't. I guess. Well, I just I looked at the credit. I don't think Richard Pryor. Well, not it. I guess. Like well, he played screen. Richard Pryor. It was probably an off-screen, yeah, uh, like a voice off-screen kind of thing. Um, did an episode of yeah. the TV series Clueless. Yeah, the Brandon T. Jackson show, which I've never heard of. Uh, an episode of Bernie Mac. Hmm. So yeah, he directed like twenty five episodes of Chappelle Show. That's crazy. Hmm. So um, I don't have anything else to add about this. I mean, I would, I would, for anyone who enjoys um, hip hop and comedy, or just you know, comedy and jerk, like the movie is funny. Um, and the songs you, are good too. You, yeah, yeah. That's what keeps at me. Uh, so they, uh, yeah, and you don't see it. I, I don't think there's a lot of room for humor in hip hop. Everybody takes themselves so seriously, but then try to appear as if they're not taking themselves that seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you make fun of somebody, um, maybe they possibly can't take the joke. Mm. Um, that's something yeah. like I, I guess I wonder because this was I, I, I don't th- remember this being like a big hit like this definitely no. kind of I think flew under a lot of radars but I do wonder like what Ice Cube thought of the movie like what are the people that were being made fun of in mm, the movie that's a good question it? or did they or was it just cooler to just ignore it entirely pretend you didn't see it yeah uh, well all I have is uh, the critical success it was a financial flop. It only mm-hmm. cost a million dollars to make. It only made, probably made 400000 or something. <laughs> oh, that's bad. That's very bad. <laughs> that's awful news. And I feel bad for, um, ne- never mind, never mind. Okay. Well, Nothing. No. Okay, <laughs> fine. Yeah, I feel <laughs> good because good. I paid to watch this movie. Yes, so I helped. I've bought this DVD twice, and I keep losing it, and I don't mm-hmm. know where they are. <laughs> I think I lost one moving to California, and I lost another one lending it to a guy. I was like, no, you'll really like this movie. You'll give it back to me. <laughs> and then he moved to Portland. Mm. So Excuse to go to Portland. I, well, no, I don't, I don't. I shouldn't have to. <laughs> I should have my movie. Touche. So I'm probably, I'm going to buy it again, and that's going to put them over the mark so they're going to break even. It's going to be because of me. You get a letter right, of if thanks. If you buy uh, a new DVD, $19.99, I thought it would be What the hell no? I'm not buying a DVD for $20. Do I look rich? Um, Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I put on a nice shirt for the podcast. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm rich. The lowest price I see on here for the DVD is sixteen seventy five. up too. That's probably why I haven't bought it again. But you can buy the soundtrack. Okay, nope. That the soundtrack costs more. 
How is someone offering the audio CD for $343? I don't understand Amazon pricing sometimes. I'm pretty sure it's a front, like a black market of sorts. Like you're buying $300 worth, but then you get like a kilo or something. I don't know how drugs work. Dude, let's buy it. Let's see. (laughs) I'm kidding. kidding. (laughs) That's a requiem for a dream story. We're not doing this. I thought part of it might be like, um, there's a story about this lady who was going to... um, like an electronic store, like a Best Buy or H.H. Gregg or something. And she was going to buy a TV. And then she's walking through the parking lot. And this guy is like, oh, well, you can get these two 50-inch TVs. Uh, I'll give you both of them for $400. And he helps her load them in the car. And then when she gets home and opens the box, it's it just like cement. Uh, Ooh, cement blocks. That's cold. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta look in the box, <laughs> especially when a guy approaches you in the parking lot. Yeah, and I'm gonna, man, can't trust nobody. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the people in parking lot. And that's lots. why you can't make fear of a black hat today. That's the <laughs> why. Um, says it all, right there. So yeah, that will um, do it for our segment on that. Uh, I wanted to get to my earworm of the week before we. In the show, and now to find the playlist that I had it on, the infamous We Lit playlist. We Lit! Which just means I this is what I play when I'm um, driving for Uber. Uh, cool. <laughs> Uber. <laughs> this is a duo called Tuxedo, and uh, one of the members is Mayor Hawthorne, if anyone who's, is familiar okay. with him. And this is a song from their, um, they have a new album coming out next week i think and uh it's called tuxedo too and this is the song uh second time around and we're gonna play that and we'll be right back second time around hey second time around Yeah. 
second time around by Tuxedo. And that is already on the BTTYT Worms playlist. I don't know why I expected a cover of the Shalomar song. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. Because it was on my um, Discover Weekly list. I found a lot of good covers <laughs> looking. I mean, I found a lot of good songs looking for covers. Like I found a really good um, song called Straight Up by a band called Heat. You While looking Paul for Abdul, Paul Abdul yeah. straight up, yeah, <laughs> and I'm not upset. I mean, it's a really good small. <laughs> I'm happy about it. So, yeah, they can happen every now and then. All right. Um, well, that's going to do it for our show. Uh, Tim, if you want to be found. <laughs> I love it how you say that. Wait, <laughs> wait until the raven crawls across the sky. Um, I'm on Twitter, and I usually tweet about... Um, something that, about politics that makes me angry, mm. um, something about Atlanta United that makes me happy, or any like random other thought. So basically, I'm using Twitter the way it was designed. Yeah, Atlanta United. I I, I already added it was like one of my my favorite teams on ESPN, even though I haven't like even tried to watch it. They played three games, right? Or two they games? they have played. Well, they played four in their preseason, and they have played two in the regular season. Okay. And they, I know they, they played they, at Bobby Dodd. They lost, but then they their second game, which they played, looked like in the snow, it, yeah, and they won. Minnesota. It was in Minnesota, <laughs> and they won 6-1, to one, which it wow. was really great. And also, I felt really bad for Minnesota, which makes me think that I shouldn't be a sports fan because I have pity for, <laughs> for the other team. Yeah, no, you can't do that. Well, don't watch the NCAA tournament. I, yeah. I am well on my way to not doing that. <laughs> um, but yeah, then they play Chicago Fire this weekend at Bobby Dodd, I think. Okay. That's not a very soccer name. Chicago Fire? It sounds like an incident like this. Yeah. Um, it was. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's very insensitive. Chicago, well, they're, they're like there's the San Jose earthquakes. and the Shut up, for real? Yeah. And um, it's, 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 MLS is really weird because they'll have like Atlanta United. Yeah. And that, that, that makes sense. Like that's a very soccer-ish name. Yeah. And then they'll have like Chicago Fire. And it's like, well, this maybe we shouldn't. But they do anyway. Yeah. And Portland uh, Timbers. Hmm. What was the um other and with with other names they try to it's like a take on the other on other soccer teams around the world like yeah. Salt Lake is Real Salt Lake instead of yeah, see, Real yeah. Madrid. <laughs> um, they they try. Yeah. Charlotte restrooms. <laughs> Also, Is that too soon. The, the HB twos. <laughs> yes, there you go. The HB twos. There you go. The the Charleston team is the Charleston Battery, which I can't help but think is the huh. battery that fired on Fort Sumter. Well, no, it's the battery that's um that's what they call their big wall in front of this um that separates like all the really nice houses and the ocean. Oh yeah, like they yeah. overlook the ocean. Yeah. Where I think they fired from Fort. Yeah, they probably did. Like, yeah, I think the cannons are still there. Like yeah. they didn't move them. They're really nice houses too. Yeah, it'd be um, a shame if somebody. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, we know where they are. Uh, but no, no, it's the, the. I mean, the team's doing really well, and it's it, they. They spent Arthur Blank spent a lot of money on this team. 
when the when the stadium the new stadium is ready that's where they're going to be playing right yeah and they're gonna uh there was one guy that was talking i was listening to someone talk about it they're not it won't the whole thing won't be open for the soccer matches like they'll rope off certain um, sections so that way it's a smaller more intimate thing as opposed to trying to like spread out fifty thousand people and like what is a, like a hundred fifty thousand seed yeah i don't know but uh, it's huge it not that many i mean i don't i think so because it's I'm, probably in like the 70s i hear it's setting like the bar bobby, like bobby died they had fifty five thousand, right which was the one of the highest attended soccer games in the world that weekend okay yeah um and it's probably um, at like least 50,000 in there. I mean, in, in the new stadium. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I remember it being something absolutely insane, like where they're going to have like flat screens on the pillars projecting the game. So it's going to be what, like, yeah, when it opens up. Like the, the iris that opens ring, up. Yeah, yeah. That's where the screens are going to be. Yeah, 71,000 expendable to 75 to 83,000 for other yeah, events. It's going to be ridiculous. And part of the reason why they're investing in it is because the U.S. is trying to get the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Like, not in 2024? Yeah. They're trying. Yeah, I think it's for 2024. Oh, wait, no, uh, I do not no, because wait. Because next year the World Cup's going to be in Russia. And we're all going to so like 2026. I do not want the World Cup here. 2022 is, is gonna... Cutter. Or do they still have it? That's the thing is that once <laughs> once it moves, to I, Qatar, I think that that's, that's what they're trying to get. They're trying gonna, to take it from Cutter. Well, because then it, it's going to they can't do it in the summer or they shouldn't. Or they'll do die it because people <laughs> will die. Right. Yeah. And uh, so they were like, well, we just move it to the winter. And it's like that literally screws everyone's schedule on, yeah. and we could just as easily not have it here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how did... Well, we know how... Well, yeah, happened. we know exactly we know how they want. Oh, so if you don't know, go watch last week tonight. <laughs> They'll tell you. Hans, what was his name? Like, Bleppo... Hans Gruber. Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> like, Bleppo Strategic. What's his name? Oh, yeah. The, uh, sort of Bond villain. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, some... Some... Some guy... Some Belgian... Who just wanted money and he got it. Yeah. I want to say it's like Hans Bleppo to the internet. Yeah, the FIFA, the FIFA president, the former president of FIFA. Uh, okay. Okay, the former president of FIFA. They they had it who it was before. Um, Set Blatter. That's it. Set Blatter, yeah. <laughs> Set Blatter. <laughs> Come on, like that. He's. <laughs> I don't or, know that to me that sounds like a disease, like a yeah. condition. Oh, like he I, caught something in the jungle. I have set bladder <laughs> and it hurts <laughs> so bad. Yeah, she gave me set bladder. I, I think it is going to be in Cater or Cotter. Cutter, Cutter. Thank you. Or uh, Qatar. I was, I've heard Qatar either, before. Either it's pronunciation gonna, is acceptable. It's going to be there. And for a while, they were talking about, because of all the corruption that was exposed at FIFA, they were like, oh, well, we can't give it to you because you got this under dubious circumstances. And the U.S. was like, well, we could host the Olympics because <laughs> we don't have to build stadiums out in the middle of nowhere. Because we got um, uh, On Real Sports on HBO, there was a segment and they also talked about how I don't know if it was Qatar or maybe another country, but how they get these. Um, they wanted to have like Olympics. They wanted they wanted Olympians, so mm-hmm. they got people from other countries, made them citizens, and then trained them to send them to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when it was over, um, 
they stopped doing stuff for them. <laughs> like, you're just like. So one guy was like, well, and, and then it was got to the point to where they would, they would make them citizens. They would change their names, uh, to mm. make them, uh, they'd like create like fake backstories. Oh yeah. That's, that's intense. <laughs> yeah. So. One guy he like he left, changed his name back to what it was, and moved back to the country where he was from. Mm-hmm. And he had some crazy stories. But there's it's just a lot of people with money there and nothing to really spend it on except, <laughs> you know, let's try to get in on this sports thing. Yeah. Hmm. I mean that's that's I that in the end that's what it boils down to is how much money you can make try to make off of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think and, and the reason why I mentioned the whole World <laughs> Cup thing is that the part of the reason why they're building the stadium is because it will be a world class quote unquote um uh tournament uh style uh, uh building that they'll be able to make a fair bid for the World Cup for mm-hmm. if they don't get it sooner. But that probably won't happen. Yeah. Oh well. We talked about soccer a little um, well if at you, all. If you that cut this, if you no, cut I'm not cutting out, it. I would I'm not, not be upset. I would get it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to cut it. It's just unexpected. We're leaving this uh, in. This is a miracle. <laughs> well, Ben, uh, why don't you tell our listening audience <laughs> where we can be found? You can find us in America. Um, <laughs> when the bald eagle flies above the window, waves of rain. Oh, well, first off, we can be found on. By the time you hear this, is it by the time you hear this? Is it no? It's just by the time you hear this dot com. I don't know why I'm gonna put podcast in there, but by the time you hear this dot com, you made it. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like my third website. <laughs> um, you can find us on you can find us on Podomatic, which is typically where we embed the show from. You can find us um, on God. There's so many places: Google Play, TuneIn. You can find us on Castbox. You can find us. Um, on, I was about to say one, but I know you don't like them. Um, what else we got? Uh, Google Satchel Play, Podcast, Satchel, right? yeah, iTunes. You guys said that. iTunes. I always get iTunes because I don't use it. Uh, um, yeah, you have any Android? Yeah, and I use Castbox. Android users who are out there looking for a good, reliable um, podcast solution, Castbox is the way to go. Yeah. Um, and you will have this episode yeah. posted with uh, um, is the soundtrack on to Favorite Black Cat? Is it on Spotify? It is not on Spotify, so we won't have that. Maybe I'll, I'll link a few videos. Like yeah. I am just a human, <laughs> just, a human. Just, like just, just a human, just a human. And he was peeing in the video. That was that's creepy. Also, but. Mark Christopher Lawrence, yes, one of my favorite character actors. Hmm. He's, like, he's like a poor man, Shy McBride. Maybe that's what I'm thinking he is. Okay. I, I would have. I, I could see that. Yeah. I feel like I, he's, I see him on like a lot of Nickelodeon or Disney Channel. Or Christopher yeah. Lawrence? Yeah. MCL? I just made that up. <laughs> no one. No one. No, I am the only. I don't leave any podcast he, locations out there. He, no, no, I'm good. He okay. was on um, Chuck for a while. Oh, okay. yes. I, that's, yes. I saw that. Okay. There we go. Um, so yeah, that's going to do it for our episode. Uh, Tim, why don't you pick a song that we could end the episode with <laughs> um, a song from the fear of a black hat soundtrack. I, we, I, mm, yeah, yeah. Gotta be pet the pussy. Oh right. yeah. So we're going to end the show with that. 
thank you everyone for listening and we will talk to you soon bye bye bye